here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. Looking for that blessed hope. We gave you Titus chapter 2, and I gave you this morning 1 Peter 4, 17. Just going to give you one verse, because uh, we went over Peter real good this morning. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17. Just one verse that Peter said to the church of God. All right, he said, 1 Peter 4, 17, he says, for the time is come. Remember, when Peter wrote his writing, you're looking at A.D. 64, A.D. 65, and Peter's A.D. 60, I'm sorry. So here Peter was like about 10 years. Peter had been with the Lord doing his whole ministry. Now he comes to the end of his ministry in 1 Peter chapter 4, and he said that time has come. Not going to come. The time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of end be of those that obey not the gospel of God. And then if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Amen. And we know that God talked about he had to shorten the time for the elect's sake. And that was also the Jewish believer. All right. So we want to be able to just catch up. Uh, and we gave it this morning. We're going to go back to uh, showing you something this morning, but, but let's go first to John 4.34. We want to, let's go back to the beginning of our message because we don't want to forget some things. Uh, John chapter 4.34, and then it's going to take me into what I want to deal with. Uh, the second part today is, is showing you God promised them eternal life. That's what I want to begin to show you. And they could not get that eternal life until Jesus Christ returned. You already got eternal life in Christ. So you got to be able to see that. So if you're waiting on Christ to come, you're waiting on eternal life, that would not be fair to you. All right, but that's what we was taught by mistake. All right, look at John 4, 34. It says, Jesus said to them, my meat is to do the will of God. Two things now. Watch what he says. My meat is to do the will of God and to finish his work. So he told you that his meat was to do the will of God and to finish his work. So we, we are saying Jesus Christ did the will of God and then we're saying Jesus Christ finished his work. All right, now let's go to John chapter 6 and verse number uh, 38. We're going into our message. We're going to be talking about looking for that blessed hope. My, I want to convince you that you are not the people looking for that blessed hope. Because I'm going to be dealing with, in this teaching, I'm going to be dealing with the word watching and waiting. So if you're looking for the blessed hope, you are looking, watching, and waiting. And I don't think you looking, watching, and waiting. All right, but let's look at it. John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus said, I, I am, I am, I'm sorry, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will. Remember, he came to do, do the Father's will and to finish his work. Here he says, I came not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And then he's going to tell you what the will is. This is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he has given me. Now, you want to put a line under that, because first of all, we got to deal with that. 
just that one, of all which he had given me. Now let's find out because when God's, when Jesus is saying all thou hast given me, he's talking about his 12 disciples. Let me show you that part first. And then he's going to connect that all, all that thou hast given me, I shall lose nothing. He's talking about the 12. But shall raise it up at the last day. So he promised his 12 disciples. That's why when you read Peter, James, and John, they all talks about eternal life. They all talked about a crown of life. Because even the Apostle Paul talked about the crown of life. Because he promised those eternal life when he returned. All right, so let's, let's look at that today. He says in verse number 39 again, and this is the Father's will which has sent me that of all which he has given me. I'm showing you, and I want to say to you, of all which he has given you, given Jesus was the 12 disciples. He says, I shall lose nothing, but shall raise it up again at the last day. All right, now let's... Uh, Let's look at it. Now, that's, that's the 12 disciples. Now, the next verse will talk about the others. So you got to see what Jesus is doing here. First, he says, I'm responsible for the 12 to raise them up over the last day. Now, we know only 11 is going to make it. But then he has the people who was followers of him during his day. That's verse 40. Watch what it says. He says, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone who sees the Son, now you know it can't be talking about us, because you didn't see Jesus. So the one that saw Jesus and believed that he's the Christ, the Son of God, he says he, that also they may also have eternal life. And then he says about them, I will raise him up at the last day. So we know who he raised up at the last day. Now, it could not have been Matthew 27, 50, where people got out of the grave after Jesus' resurrection. It couldn't have been that because Peter, James, and John wasn't dead yet. So the last day was really the last day, which was A.D. 70, all right, in that time. All right, now let's look at this. When talking about when Jesus came back. Now, in John chapter number 60, he talked about two different people. I want to make sure we understand that. He talked about the 12, uh, those thou had given me, and then all of those who saw the Son and believed on him. He also prayed that they also would have everlasting life, and I would raise them up at the last day. All right, so those are the two groups of people that were raised up at the last day. Let me show you that what people raised from the dead, let's go back to Matthew. I did bring this up. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 50. In Matthew 27 and 50, there were people raised from the dead after Jesus' resurrection came up out of their graves. But those people were people from the beginning. We're talking about Christ had to rise from the dead first. He had to become the first fruit of them that slept. All right. So that's what we have to understand. So when you get into Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, it 
You're talking about all those disciples that saw him and believed. Jesus raised him from the dead at the last day. All right, now that was a question that they asked. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll cover that also too while we're doing this. Matthew chapter 27, verse 50. It says, Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, now he's on the cross, and he yielded up the ghost, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent, and the graves, there it is, were opened. Many bodies of the saints, now, that's why if you don't separate the word saint, you won't know who they're talking about because they're not talking about New Testament uh, body of Christ. He's talking about the saints who were the Jewish believers. Which slept or rose, the one that was saints, slept or rose. Keep those words down. Saints slept or rose. And the graves were open. Many bothered the saints which slept or rose. Came out of the graves. Now remember, they came out of the day out of the grave physically. Came up out of the graves after his resurrection. They're not done. They were visible. They went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now these people who 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 died before we was talking about, let's let's go back to. Uh, Peter talked about them. We were talking about people uh, all the way back to Noah uh, during the flood. So all those people that, that were dead, all the prophets of old. Now, that, that was that resurrection. But then the resur there was another resurrection at the last day that Jesus is talking about here when he says, at the last day. I will raise him from the dead at the last day. Now, that way he will cover everybody. So when Jesus finished his ministry, all those people, let's go to Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, I'm going to read that out of the NLT because it, it just it flows so, so good that it helps you to understand. That is my whole goal is to help you understand. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. I'm going to read that out of the NLT because uh, I want you to understand it. All right? First uh, Thessalonians 4, 13. Because I don't want you to think it's talking about us today. And usually when you hear pastors minister on this, they minister it like, like he's talking to us today. But let's listen. He's not talking to us today. He's talking to the people that were dead who followed Jesus Christ that I just showed you in John chapter 6, they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they saw him and believe. Now, they're asking, they're asking Paul about these people. What's going to happen to them? So in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, Paul said that now, dear children and uh, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what would happen to the believers who have died. So he's not talking about people dying today. That's what people do at funerals. They'll take 1 Thessalonians and try to preach it to people in funerals and try to make it seem like this is what's going to happen to your loved one that have died. So you would not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, now that's who he's talking about raising from the dead 2,000 years ago. When Jesus returned, God would bring back with him the believers who have died. 
Now remember, we're talking about 2,000 years ago. So that's why people want to tell you that what Jesus hadn't come yet. When he come, he'll get that person out of the ground. See, that, that's false hope to you. Because if you're in Christ, you can't not be in the ground. Come on now, the Bible said to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. You cannot be in Christ and then in the ground. But the Old Testament believer had to be in the ground first. Now, verse 15, we're in 1 Thessalonians 4, 15. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns. So you know it's not us. You're not living when the Lord returned. That was 2,000 years ago. Because he said we who are, present tense, still living when the Lord returns, will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself would come down from heaven with a commandment shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, the trump call of God. Then he said, first the Christians who have died, he continued to tell you, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive, 2,000 years ago now, and remain on the earth, we'll be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. So Paul, so Paul is telling, the, telling them this is what's going to happen when Christ returns. That's why they were looking for that blessed hope. So if, you, if somebody tell you, you're looking for that blessed hope, that's why they say, okay, don't, make, don't worry about them dying, brother, because the Lord will come, he's going to go get them out of the ground. See, that's, that's false hope to you, and that's, that's a lie to you. That's not fair to you. All right? Now, let's, let's move on, because we want to we take you into some, the word, because God, they were waiting on eternal life. So let's go to the book of Titus, uh, chapter number one, and we're going to look at three verses. And we'll leave from Titus 1, 1 through 3. We're going to go to Titus 3, 3 through 7. We're going to do a couple in Titus. Remember what they were waiting on was Christ and Christ coming, looking for their blessed hope because they were waiting on eternal life. You already have eternal life in Christ, if you're in Christ. All right. Now, Titus chapter 1, and we want to look at verse 1 through 3. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect. Remember, they were saved by faith. So Paul, a servant of God, and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. Here it is, in hope, of eternal life. That's what they were hoping for. That's why they were hoping for him to come. We told you that in Acts 26, verse 7 and 8. They were hoping for him to come. In hope of eternal life, which God, watch this, that cannot lie, promised. So God promised them eternal life before the world began. God promised eternal life. Now, Israel was the people of the promise. 
Let's go and show you those two. Let's go back to Romans chapter 9. And we want to look at the first five verses. See, if you look at the word, you can, you can see this. Israel was the one who, we, we, we was not the children of the promise. See, the Bible would tell you the children of the promise is counted for the seed. That's what Paul taught in the book of Galatia. The children of the promise is counted for the seed. So God promised them what? Eternal life. Watch this. Romans chapter 9, verse 1 through 5 is where we're at. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bear me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continuous sorrow in my heart. I could wish that myself was a curse from Christ for my brothers, my kinmen, according to the flesh. So we're talking about Israel. Who are Israelites? To whom pertaineth, watch this, to whom pertaineth, number one, the adoption. To whom pertaineth the glory. To whom pertaineth the covenant. To whom pertaineth the giving of the law. To whom pertaineth the service of God. To whom pertaineth the promises. Whose are the fathers? And of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who was over all, God blessed forever and ever. So, so they, God promises was through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who were heirs of the same promise. Now, let's go to, to Ephesians chapter number 2 and 11. Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse 11. Now we're going to read Ephesians 2, 11 because we, we want to show you that, first of all, we was not in the Old Testament will. That's why God made a new will and added us in it in the new covenant. Ephesians 2, 11, he said, Now wherefore, remember, he talked to the Gentiles, you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh. That's who we were when we was in the flesh. We're not Gentiles anymore because we're now children of God. All right, but we were Gentiles in the flesh. We were called the uncircumcision. We didn't have a covenant with God. By that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That at that time, we were without Christ. We were aliens. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were strangers from the covenant of promise. We were strangers from the covenants of promise. See it? We were strangers from the covenant of promise. We have a no hope, and we were without God in the world. But now. Now that's why somebody ought to shout hallelujah out there. But now in Christ Jesus. See, everything we got, we got it in Christ. But now in Christ Jesus you who sometime were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Not water baptism, by the blood of Christ. For Christ is our hope who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of petition be between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, containing ordinances to making himself twain one new man, and making peace, and that he might reconcile both the God and one body by the cross, 
I said, by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. He came and he preached peace to you which are far off and them which are not. And through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers. You are no more foreigners. You, we are now fellow citizens, watch this, with the saints. And now we are of the household of God. And we are built up on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together and, and holy temper unto the Lord. That's who we are now. We are God's holy temper in whom we are building together for a habitation of God, watch this, through the Spirit. Not brick and mortar, but through the Spirit. Oh, that is so good. Glory to God forever. So look at this, look at this again. We showed you we were not in the promise, but through Christ. Let's go to Acts 26, 6 and 7. I mentioned that. Let me read it again. Acts chapter 26. Because we was not waiting for Christ to come. We was not hoping for him to come because we wasn't even in the covenant. God saved you at the cross. God saved me at the cross. Acts chapter 26, verse 7 and 8. Six, I'm sorry, six and seven. Just two verses, six and seven. And now Paul said, I stand and I'm judged, here it is, for the hope of the promise. Remember, I'm talking about the promise today of eternal life. So Paul says, we are, I'm standing, I stand in hope and judge for the hope of the promise of, made of God unto our fathers. Well, what promise he made to the fathers? Eternal life. He promised them eternal life. Let's see it. Unto verse 7 says, Unto which promise our twelve tribe instantly serving God day and night hope to come. Now, it didn't say anything about you. It's talking about the twelve tribes of Israel. They were the one hoping to come. For which hope sake, King Agrippa, I'm accused of the Jews. Now, then he said to King Agrippa, Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you, King Agrippa, that God should raise the dead. See, they were waiting to be raised from the dead physically. All right? But we want to follow this showing they promised the hope was the hope of eternal life. Let's go and look at it. This is what the Lord promised them was eternal life. Let's go, let's go and look at that. First uh, John 2.25. Let's go, let's follow that. First John chapter 2, verse 25. I got a lot of words for you. First John chapter 2 and verse 25. The hope of eternal life. This is what they were waiting for. This is what God promised them. All right. First John chapter 2 and verse 25. That's why you, go, you, you have to go to First John because this is who he promised it to was the church, which was Peter, James, and John the seven churches of Asia, and also this, uh, the first church, first century church. All right, 1 John chapter 2, verse 25, here it is, and this is the promise. Isn't that awesome? Just tell you right out the bat, don't it? 
And this is the promise that he has promised us. Remember, John is saying to the church of God, this is the promise that he promised us. See, he did not promise Gentiles anything. We got everything we got in Christ and through Christ. This is the promise that he had promised us. Even eternal life. That's what he promised them. Now let's follow that because if he promised them eternal life, then he had to come back. Now, look at verse 28. Watch what John say to the church of God, the first century church. He says in 1 John 2, 28, and now little children abide in him, that when he shall appear, who is he talking to? Jews. He's talking to his own, John is talking to the Jews. John did not preach the Gentiles. Peter preached the Gentiles only in Cornelius' house. But his, most of his ministry was Jews who had not seen Christ. Here it is, John preached to the Jews. Jane preached to the Jews. Jude preached to the Jews. But Paul was the apostle of the Gentiles. Now watch what it said. Watch what John say, 1 John 2, 28. And now little children abide in him. And when he shall appear... We may have confidence, confidence, that's what I told you about this morning, faith, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. They were waiting for him to come. Let's go back to 1 John and chapter 3, the beginning of the verse. Well, we, ain't, we haven't got there yet. 1 John 3, 1, so that means we're going to keep on down. 1 John 3, 1, here it is. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. See, that's an honor. You now saved, you're a son of God, you ought to be so grateful. It's an honor to be able to say that, that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Almighty God, is our Heavenly Father. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. And therefore the world knows us not because it knew him not. Watch verse number two. Beloved, now, well, look what John says. Are we the sons of God? And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, what were they waiting for? The coming of the Lord. When he shall appear, John says, we shall be like him. They was raised from the dead bodily. We shall be like him, for we, we, not you, we shall see him as he is. That's what John says. John also said, as he is, so are we in this world. When we see him, when we see him, didn't say anything about you. See, this is why you got to understand, you got to write it about the word. When we see him, we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope, this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Now, Revelation 1, 7. Why would John say that? Because in the book of Revelation, this is what John is going to say again. Same guy, Revelation chapter 1. 
in verse 7. John is the same author in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7. I want to start reading with verse 1. Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 1. Here we go. The revelation of Jesus Christ was God gave unto him, to John, to show unto his servants things must shortly, shortly, which must shortly come to pass. He went and he signified it by his angels unto his servant John, who, by, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ. And of all things, all things which he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. Here we go. For the time is near. The time is at hand. We're talking about John, the author. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be to you. Peace from him which is and was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness. And the first begotten of the dead. Prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us, washed us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He has made unto us kings and priests unto God and the Father. To him be glory and dominion and forever and forever. Amen. Watch what John is going to say next. Look. The word behold means look. Behold, he cometh with clouds. We're talking about the saints. He coming with clouds or he coming on the clouds. And every eye shall see him. So when people read that, they think he's talking, now you got who did the book written to? He's writing to the first century Jews, the church, to the seven churches in Laodicea. I mean, it says the seven churches in Asia. That's who he's writing to. He said, he coming with clouds, every eye shall see him. They also which pierced him. Now you know, if you wasn't there when he was pierced, but the man who pierced him will see him. And then it said, all kindreds of the earth. Now, the word kindred means tribes. All the tribes of the earth shall well because of him, even so, amen. All the tribes, I just read you Acts 26, 78, they are 12 tribes of Israel. All right. So everything is showing you that it's not us today. You know, I just, I just hope that somewhere in these teachings, you'll be able to say, man, I'm so glad he taught on that because I was thinking that we're still looking for Jesus to come. Let's, let's touch that too while we're there. Because, you know, the Lord has done everything. Uh, let's look at that. Let's look at, write down the word watching. I'm going to give you some scriptures for the next few minutes on watching. Let's go all the way back to Luke 12, 35. Now, you got to be honest. I keep saying that because, you know, if, if you're honest and if I show you the truth, then you can be able to say, while I'm on my way to Luke, let's stop at a verse I told you about this morning, Luke 18. And we're going to look at verse 6 to 8.
Luke chapter 18, verse 6 to 8. Let's see, because I told you this morning when Jesus said when he come, will he find faith on earth? Okay, I'm going to give you the scripture. I, w- I don't want you to just, don't want to just tell you something. Let's see, let's see do you remember, see it. Verse 6, Luke chapter 18 and verse 6. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge says, and shall not God avenge his own elect? Now remember, if you study the word elect, you're going to find Israel. He's not talking about Remember, he's talking about this before the cross. So you was not chosen before the cross. You you were chosen in Christ. But Israel was chosen before the cross. They were called God's elect. Watch what it says. Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night to him, though he bear long with them? I tell you the truth. He would avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, he's talking to this Jewish audience. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? So what did God give them? Faith. Why? They had to hold fast their faith unto the end. So when the Lord come, they had to still be believing might cost them their life. Their head might have been cut off, but they were not going to deny the faith. All right, that's not you. Luke 12, 35 is where we're at. Back up to Luke chapter 12 and verse 35. We wrote down the word watching. Somebody said watching. Luke chapter number 12 and verse 35. Let your loins be girded about. This is what Jesus taught them. Let your loins be girded about and your light burning. And you yourself like unto men, watch this, that wait for their Lord. Remember we were looking at two words, watching and waiting. Watching and waiting. You said they was waiting for their Lord. When he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find what? Watching. Verily I say to you that he shall gird himself and make them sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if, if he shall come in the second watch, come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. And this note, that if the good men of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Now this is what Jesus said to his followers. But it was not talking to the body of Christ. It's what I'm trying to show you today. So he's talking about the word watch. Now, look at that same word in Mark, Mark 13, 32. You're going to back up here in Luke, go back to Mark chapter 13. We're going to look at verse 32. Mark 13, 32. This is teaching the time of Christ's return. What of that day, Jesus says, 
And that hour knoweth no man. Now we know before the cross they couldn't know because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. But after the cross they could know because they had the Holy Spirit. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no not the angels which is in heaven, neither the Son but the Father. Take heed, he says, watch and pray. You know not when the time is. The Son of Man is as a man taken for journey, who left his house, gave authority to his servants, to every man his work, commanded the porter to watch. Watch, therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh. Could be at evening time, at midnight, the cock crowing in the morning. Let's come and suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, what? Always to them. Look at Matthew 24, 42. Matthew 24, 42. The word of God is just so plentiful if you take your time and study. You just can't just go by what somebody else told you 25, 30, 40, 50 years ago who missed God. Uh, Matthew 24, 42. Watch therefore, for you know not, you know not, you know not what hour your Lord does come. Remember, it was before the cross, but after John 16, 13, Jesus said, well, when the spirit of truth has come, he shall guide you in all truth. So that's what that meant, okay? So it don't mean people can't know the day. You couldn't know then. But know this, he says, if the good man of the house had known in what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and would not suffer his house to be broken up. Why does he keep talking about the thief? Because that's what he's talking about in Thessalonians. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour you think not the Son of Man coming. Now let's go and show you the thief two places, 2 Peter 3.10 and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let's show you two places. 2 Peter 3.10 first. See, both of these people talked about the thief. 2 Peter 3.10. I'm not going to read a lot in Peter, 2 Peter 3, because I read this last week. 2 Peter chapter 3. And let's start reading with verse number 9. Back up one verse for me. 2 Peter 3.9. There we go. He said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us with not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So if you go through the book of Revelation, what were they waiting for? The church to repent. But then in verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come, watch this, as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away. Now you got to understand the heavens were Jerusalem and, and, the, and the temple shall pass away with a great noise and shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth. Now, the earth was the 12 tribes of Israel. So you have to know this to know what he's talking about. The heavens and the earth. The heavens shall pass away with a great noise. That was going to be Jerusalem. Jerusalem going to be uh, trodden down the Gentiles. Shall be passed away with a great noise. And the elements, that's all the teachings of the old covenant, which are called the elements. They are the, all the teachings of the old, old covenant shall melt with fervent heat, and then the earth also and the works therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, 
what manner of persons ought you be in all holy conversation and godliness. Here it is. Looking for, Peter's talking to the church, first century church. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. What happens today when people see a fire in California? They say, see, I told you, the Lord's coming. See, you can't take a fire in California when you should be praying for those people anyway and turn around and say that means that the Lord is coming. No, that does not mean that because this is what happened 2,000 years ago. You ain't reading a book that's been written 2,000 years ago. All right? Not this year when it had fires, fires. All right? You pray for those people. All right. Now, he continued that same thing and said, 2 Peter 3, 12 said, looking for that uh, and hasten to the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire be dissolved. The heavens, the heavens, you're talking about Jerusalem. The temple was burned up and dissolved. The elements, the teaching shall met with fervent heat. So you got to understand, you can't, he's telling you what was what, the heavens and the earth. See, that's why the heaven and earth have passed away. All right. And then in verse 13 said, Nevertheless, we according to his promise. Back to his promise again. What did he promise? Eternal life. We look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwell righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, he's talking to the, his congregation. Peter's talking to his congregation, which is the church of God. You look for such things. Be diligent that you may be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. An account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Salvation, even as our beloved Paul, also according to the wisdom God has given him, all right, uh, has written to you. All right, so let's, let's go back and show you because the whole thing is God had what God had for them. So we were showing you this word watching, and we went through that, all right? Now, let's go back to 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 and 2, because I wanted to show you that one too. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verse 1 and verse 2. I know you're getting a lot of word out there, but I, I hope you're enjoying the word. It's, it's a lot of time, it's a lot of study, but you, but you have to do it this way to understand it. I, I'm a student of the word. I believe if you study the word, present the word accurately, people can understand the word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. But of the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need that I write to you. Yourself, you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh. Same thing I read to you. Same thing Jesus said in Matthew 24, 42. We'll go there and show you that when Jesus said it. Yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. I gave you 2 Peter already. Let's go to Matthew 24, 42. Let me read a little more of that, will you? 2 Peter chapter, 1 Thessalonians 5. Let me read some more of that, okay? I'm sorry. 1 Thessalonians 5, and let's go on now to verse number 3. Let's read a little more of that. It says, For when they say, shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction coming upon them. And that's why you hear so much stuff going on now. You hear stuff like this. Uh, 
Israel just made a covenant. Uh, just made a covenant with this country. And then all of a sudden the Bible said, but when they said peace and safety, sudden destruction. See, they're still trying to take the Israel of today and make it fit into the Bible. You can't do that. All right. This is 2,000 years ago is what I'm trying to get you to see. But when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction coming upon them as travail upon a woman with, with child and they shall not escape. Now when that happened is when uh, Israel was surrounded by the armies and you're going to hear Jesus say when you see Jerusalem come past about with armies, know that it's near nigh at the door. And then you told them to flee to the mountain, you who are in Judah. Flee to the mountain. So you know he's not talking about us today. All right, but, but watch what he says but in verse 3. 1 Thessalonians 5, 3. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction coming upon them, as travail as a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, these are the ones that follow Jesus, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are the children of, the, of light. See, they were the church. You're the children of the day. You, you're not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch. See, their they job was to be watched. And they, God gave them the signs to look for. They that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that are drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and and, and love and for a heaven of salvation, I'm sorry, for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God had not appointed us to wrath. See, they, they was not going to be in it anyway. They obtained salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words, edify one another. So the Lord, the, whether the Lord come, he go, they knew what to do. Let's go to Matthew 24. They know what to do. Their job was to flee to the mountain. Matthew 24, 42. Matthew chapter 24. So he told them what to do. They were not going to be. Uh, he gave them everything. Back up to verse 15. Let's, let's take this a little while. Matthew 24, 15. Jesus said, Well, you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. So he, he gave them how to know his time was there. When you see the abomination of desolation, spoken by Daniel the prophet, when you see him stand in the holy place, so when you see the, the son of perdition, now remember, the son of perdition also was Judas Icariot. Remember, his name was also called son of perdition. Son of perdition means son of the devil. He had sold his soul out to Satan. All right, but here's another king has sold his soul out to the devil, and he's going to call the man of sin. He's a son of perdition, meaning he has sold his soul out to Satan. All right, but if you look at this, it says, verse 15 again, I'm going to read it again. It says, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso read it, let him understand. So he told him, when you see this son of perdition standing in the holy place, and taken over the temple as his headquarters. Then let them which be in Judea. 
Don't they give you some kind of idea you're not talking to us? Then let them which be in Judea. You, you, you're not in Judea. Flee to the mountain. And he's not talking about Judea today. He's talking about 2,000 years ago. He said, but let them that be in Judea flee to the mountain. Let them which are on the housetop not come down to take anything out of their house. Neither let them which is in the field return back to take his clothes. All right? Then he says in verse 21, let's skip down to verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation. Verse 21. Then shall be great tribulation. Remember Daniel told us about that and Daniel uh, told us about the great tribulation. Then there shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, never, ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, remember you before the cross, so you could not be the, the chosen. We only chosen Christ. Elect was Israel. Israel, all right? You, you in Christ. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say to you, he is Christ, or they believe it not. All right? Then down in verse 24, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Once again, that's not you. Verse 27. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Whosoever, whatsoever the carcass of the earth shall the eagle be gathered together. Immediately in verse 29, after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give a light. He's talking about Israel. Sun is darkened, moon shall not give a light. Stars fall from heaven. That, remember, that's what's happened. They are being killed. The powers of heaven shall be shaken. Once you see Israel being destroyed by the Roman king, then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall the tribes of the earth, which is the 12 tribes of Israel, they're mourning, they're crying out. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. I don't know why that's so hard to see. Here's Israel, who has been compassed about with armies. And they are compassed about with armies, and they have began to eat their own children. It was really bad. Because they could not leave. If they leave out of there, they're going to die anyway. So they had to try to survive by eating one another. It was really bad. God gave you an Old Testament type and shadow to show you that. But watch what happened. When they began to mourn, And they, and they shall see the Son of Man, verse 29, coming in the clouds of heaven with great, great power and great glory. He shall send his angels with the great sign of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect. Remember, this is Israel. From the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Talk about Jerusalem. Now he says, learn a parable. Verse 32. Learn a parable of the fig tree when its branches is yet tender. Now, people would take this and go all the way back and say, you know, what he's talking about here is branches yet tender. Israel became a nation in 1948. See, they'll go, 
They'll do everything to try to tell you that, listen, those are lies. Let me say it to this camera. Listen, those are lies. The Bible's not. Jesus coming had nothing to do with you today or Israel today. Let me move on. Uh, we are reading uh, Matthew chapter number 24, verse 32. Learn a parable of the fig tree when its branch is yet tender. Put it forth, leave, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the door. Now remember, that's what James told you the judge is standing at the door. But watch, watch right here. That's James chapter 5, verse 9. Write that down. We're going to close out with that verse. But watch what it says. Verily, verily, I say to you, this generation. Now that's not hard. If you miss out everything else, he says, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Until all these things are completed, ended, and finished. Now I'd like to read that verse out of the, not the NLT, but the good news. Verse 34 only, Matthew 24, verse 34. See, if you, if, you, if you read the word, you know he can't be talking to you today. See, that's how they told me, oh, yeah, you know, the fig tree budded, 1948, Israel became a nation. See, they tried to take all of that and put it back here in the Bible. Can't do it. They lied to me. Lied to you. And, and somebody have to find out the truth and come out and tell us about it. See, we're going to look at one verse, Matthew 24, 34, out of the good news. Here it is. Remember, he says, one verse, that all things which happened before, the people now living have all died. Watch what he says. Remember, all these things will happen. Come on, sit there with me. All these things will happen before the people now living have all died. I mean, you can't, you can't take that and put that in my future. Jesus says this generation, within the next 40 years, how old was Jesus when he made that statement? He was 33 years old. Jesus was born in B.C. 27. I'm sorry, B.C. 3. Jesus died in A.D. 30. 33 years. So when he said this generation, when was the temple destroyed? A.D. 70. So if you look at from A.D. 30 to A.D. 70, how many years you have? 40 years, I rest my case. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Let's look at this 1 Corinthians chapter 15. All you have to do is just look at the word. It's Jesus came as a prophet. Let me say it again. When Jesus came to Israel, he came as a prophet, the last person 
to speak to Israel. Are you telling me he missed it? I don't think so. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brothers at once, of the whom the greater remain until this present time, 2,000 years ago, some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James and of the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me as of one born out of due time. Your salvation is your faith in Christ's death, burial, resurrection. They were saved, they were saved by their faith in who Jesus is. He was the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's not you. Your faith is in Christ. God for my sins, spirit, God raised from the dead for my justification. My time is up. I thank you for yours, and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.